On today's show, we're going to have part two of Scott Deming's interview with Armin Vartani of Comfort Pros in Los Angeles. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. So on today's show, we're going to have the second part of that conversation between Scott Deming and Mr. Armin Vartani of Comfort Pros in Los Angeles, California, right? Very competitive market. In this interview, Armin's going to talk about creating unique customer experiences, giving credit to employees, and what he's doing for marketing at this time of the year. Can you give us a couple of examples of what you do? You just you just said you know you have your students come in and make knock on a door, go back three feet, you know wipe their feet, whatever. Um, what give us some examples of what you do to create unique? and memorable customer experiences. I mean, you just got done talking about the thousands of choices within a 10 mile radius that the customer has. I live in the Charlotte area. We got contractors all over the place down here. I mean, you've got choice after choice after choice. So, you know, in the minds of most homeowners, you guys are all selling commodities. That's just the way it is. You're selling commodities, you're selling boxes, and you're all the same, and I'm gonna look for the best price. So what do you do to create a unique memorable enough so that the customer will talk about you and recommend you. Give a couple of examples. So it's all about your visual presence to begin with. I mean, um, again, knocking on a door, setting your own floor mat down, knocking on a door, standing back, uh, making sure they see your full uniform, making sure they that you're shaved clean. I mean, I, I have a little beard and I, have, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, but it's got to be trimmed. It's got to be presentable. Um, you know, clean hands. That's another thing, especially right now during COVID. I mean, people want don't even want to shake your hand. They want to do a little fist bump. Make sure you have your gloves on and booties and all that stuff. Regardless of COVID or not, we started wearing shoe covers a while back, a couple about a year and a half ago, and we didn't see the value on it until we realized every customer wants a clean home. Some people want to say, yeah, don't worry about that. Come on in. I don't, you don't have to put on those shoe covers. You're going to struggle with them. Our employees are trained to say, it's something that we're required to do. If I don't, I get in trouble. Uh, putting drop cloths down, making sure after the project's done, we send in a cleaning crew. The cleaning crew goes and cleans everything up. All the all the furniture's dusted. All the areas we were working in is sanitized. And we're out. We make sure that customer is followed up with, again, three days later. Uh, we talk to them, ask them how everything's going, ask them if their air conditioning or heating system works fine, ask them if the airflow's improved. Uh, we have a satisfaction survey. We have them do that uh, a couple days later. We send a technician, we ask them, can we send someone out there to just double check on the system and make sure everything's fine? While our technician's out there, they'll look over everything, do a satisfaction survey, educate the customer on what these parts do what is this box that they just installed? That was where we excel is our customers love learning about air conditioning. It's something they don't know about. And most people, they like learning. They like finding out something new. That's why the internet's so popular, right? I get on there and search anything. Yeah. But that's... But it's such limited information. Yeah. No, that's just amazing. Right. The fact that you're that you're passionate about educating the customer. You know, most most guys who just want to get the thing installed and get paid, but you know the the follow up is is incredible, and that's you know where you're going to stay top of mind. I didn't mean to interrupt, but go ahead. I just love the fact that you no, you you talk about educating the customer. 
Um, so all the things that you just said, I know that a lot of, a lot of contractors do a lot of those things, but I think the little, the, the real, uh, little subtleties that you add in there, the cleaning, bringing a cleaning crew in, going back out, doing a satisfaction survey, educating them, letting them know really what is this thing doing, you know, going through the box and showing them how it works and what it really, what it's meant to do. And, uh, all of those things are they will separate you. The fact that you are you you believe in walking away from a job that you know is not going to be good for them or for you is top. That's the top of the list in terms of creating your brand. But creating these other small customer experiences. Look, I'm not a technical guy. I'm not a Gary Ellickson, Weldon Long. I don't I don't know, you know, and Drew Cameron. I don't know HVAC like these guys do and like you do. I'm a customer experience, leadership, innovation, branding guy, but I will tell you this. I don't care if you're selling hamburgers, shoes, or HVAC. Customers want to know that they're being treated fairly, and they want to know that the people that they're dealing with are transparent and honest. And they want to know exactly. that they're, they, and, and they build all that into value, by the way. When you're talking about especially big ticket items, Price is only part of the equation of value. Customers are not stupid. They know that in the long run, there's a lot more to this. The relationship, the trust, the moving forward. Am I going to be able to call on them? Will they be there? Will they be dependable, reliable? These all build into the quote, not just the price. Now, there are some people out there that just look at the price and that's all they'll look at. But those, those are the customers you don't want because they'll never be loyal to you to begin with. They won't become your evangelists. Um, let me ask you another uh, another question as we're talking about this whole customer experience. Uh, I said I tell you that I'm you know I'm a branding guy and a, and, and a leadership guy and all that, but I also do a lot of programs on culture. I'm a firm, huge believer in creating passionate, vibrant, collaborative cultures. So this industry, as you you've already discussed early on you you've had about you as soon as you wanted to make some changes you lost a bunch of employees what do you do to create a culture that people want to belong to you know you've got yeah how do you attract and keep really great talented productive folks in your organization so we gave that a lot of thought i mean that that took weeks and weeks and weeks of dissecting reasons why people left understanding why people joined onto our company and what was missing from the entire equation we never asked people we never asked our employees why they're here we never asked people why they left we never asked customers why they didn't do business with us and we found out when you just ask they'll give you all the information um so we started asking our employees it took about two months for us to understand that we need to ask so we started asking them why are you here so I like working with you. You're knowledgeable. You don't bug me. You don't bother me. You pay me a decent wage. Um, I'm able to support my family. Okay, great. You can do that anywhere. But why here? Um, any business can get, offer you that, right? And their main thing was, I am proud of working at Comfort Pros. I take pride in what I do here. I know I'm making a difference. And so I would say it all boils down to your employee being proud, having that thing inside them that says, I, I'm proud of working at Comfort Pros. I still have employees that even though we've separated from the company, they still carry around the blank business cards that we gave them when they first started. And they hand those off to people and say, this is the company you should call. Yeah. You know, I, I know, I know I'm here doing your plumbing. You know, I changed my industry from HVAC to plumbing or whatever it is, but this is a company you should call. 
they did they did great work when I was with them. And that's what I think changed our company is building a culture based on being proud of where you work. Well, they got, they're proud of where they work for more than the, the, the fact that they enjoy working at an HVAC company. Like you said, they can get a fair wage and, and all the things that they're getting at any other company. But yep. the, I think when you have when you have the humility to say to an employee, you know, I need to know, and the, and the empathy, quite honestly, I need to know why you're here. I mean, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? I mean, okay, if you love what you're doing, but why here? I, that's just, nobody does that. Nobody asks that question. And when you start hearing why they're there, it allows you to build around that. You know what's working. You know what people are looking for. You know what people would truly value and believe in. Let me ask you this in terms of creating culture. When you ask for input, which I'm positive you do, I mean, if you're asking people why you're here, you must ask them ideas. So if you're asking somebody oh, yeah. about something, um, do you ever say to them, give me some input, give me some, give me some of your advice. I mean, do you, do you encourage, I guess, let me put it this way. Do you encourage healthy debate? Because one of the sign of a very, very good leader, and, and you look through all, through all throughout history, all the way back to Abraham Lincoln, they surround themselves with people who will disagree with them and not be afraid to do so. Do you encourage that? Do you yeah. encourage healthy debate at your organization? Of course. Because you, one of the, go ahead. Yeah. One of the, the things we do is um, almost on a weekly basis, we get together with the install crew. We'll grab a couple guys from them. We'll get a, get a technician or two, maybe a staff member. And we'll say, what is it that we need to, What what's this person doing that you need him to do better? Or what can they change to make your job easier? What can we do to improve what you're doing in the field? And, you know, it's, it's an open discussion. we there's no emotions involved. Hey, just a fact. Mm -hmm. I don't like it when you don't when you call me ten times a day. I need to do my job. Okay, no problem. We won't call you ten times a day. We'll only call you nine times. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we came up with a system of accountability on that. So, people were bothered. You know, a phone call every few every job was not what they wanted. So we went with uh, midday task advisement so they'll, they'll tell us what they're doing halfway through um halfway through their day what they've done what they've completed what they need will help them um understand everyone is cross-trained the person answering the phone understands the tasks of a technician and how long it takes uh the technician understands the installer's work and if we can't cross-train our employees and you know it all falls apart um uh, Bravo, bravo! I, think, I mean, I that's think, that's brilliant, and, and I and I I encourage that when I when I consult with companies. Just, I mean, some of the things that you're doing are just so instrumental in sustainability, profitability, success. So I, I just wanted to say the fact that you cross train. First of all, here's why that's important. How can I, as a technician, appreciate and understand? and even have realistic expectations of somebody else in another department in your organization if I don't know what they do. So when you have exactly. unrealistic expectations, you get upset, you why is it taking so long? What do you mean, how hard could it be? So if you do cross train and they go, wow, that's what they go through? 
you create a real harmony and an understanding within the organization and real realistic expectations are now set up. So uh, good for you. Yep. Bravo. Keep going. I'm sorry. I'm just loving what you're saying. Well, I'll tell you, I took that away from Goodman Manufacturing. When I did a tour over there, um, mm -hmm. on the first day we went on our tour, I saw some people brazing. And the next day around the same time, different people were brazing. And I said, what happened here? Where's the other employee that was standing here? Uh, they, they looked like they were doing a good job. He said, everyone here is cross-trained. So the person putting on a sticker today may be brazing tomorrow. The person leak checking today may be putting in a motor tomorrow. And I, I that was seven years ago, and I took that out from yeah. my tour over there. And that, that came to mind just two years ago when we were trying to rebuild our company. Yeah. Because um, sometimes we lose focus, right? And we have to sit back, look at what we have in a, in a hole, and figure out where we want to be. And we take little bits and pieces from everywhere right yeah what one uh, of the oh, oh go ahead go ahead no go ahead no i was going to no, say one of the i i do want to ask you this though because uh and i can give you actual real case studies of clients of mine uh you know you ask people for their input but if you never okay. implement anything anybody ever says after a while they just see it as a as an exercise you know they they know that you don't mean anything by it do you actually implement and then give kind of congratulations to the person who had the idea, let the staff know that this isn't mine, this is his or hers. Do you do that? Always. Always give credit where it's due. Good if for you. If you don't, then you know, you're not going to have happy people around you. Uh, for example, one of our technicians said um, he he doesn't know what type of boots to buy. There's, if you go on the online forum, forums, it's always a discussion. Hey, what type of boots do you guys have? So we took that technician and we, in our one of our meetings, he was there and I said, hey, did you figure out what type of boots you want to buy? And he said, no. And one of our installers told him, hey, you should buy this brand. Red Wings are great. They're comfortable, whatever. And this other guy said, no, but I, they're too expensive. You should buy this other brand. And so a little two-minute discussion happened. And we decided, you know, we want our guys to understand each one of them had their own struggles and they've already uh, surpassed their struggles. So how do we do that? So out of these meetings, we'll implement certain rules, um, bonus programs, like uh, we, we have a boot program now. So we, we found out that a lot of these guys, they're, they can't, uh, they don't wanna go spend three, $400 on a pair of boots to keep their feet comfortable. And in turn, we realize that that keeps them tired. They, the next day they wake up with aching legs and aching feet and they can't do their job right. They can't climb a ladder and sometimes it's unsafe. And we figured out, we took their ideas uh, from that little meeting. We took that idea of them going back and forth on the best boot brand and said, no problem. Guys, these guys right here, they needed boots. They talked to these guys over here. Um, everyone gets a boot allowance. Here's 250 bucks, go buy whatever you want. And so, we have to take those ideas and implement them or else you're not going to have a culture that feels like a family. Everyone here has to, has to work together to make this company work. And if we can't work together as a family, cause you, you know, if you want to buy a car, you're going to go ask your friends what they have. Yeah. If you want to buy a Mercedes Benz. You're going to go ask them, you know, what type of Benz do you have? Does it drive? Well, are you happy with it? It's the same thing here. If the guys are working together, one guy's legs are killing. He's not going to tell the other person, 
He's not going to ask his fellow technician or his fellow helper or whatever that his legs are killing him. He's just going to slow down. And if he slows down, he slows the next person down. Yeah. And so we want to keep everyone up, uplifted, everyone flowing, everyone on the same page. And that's just one example of just shoes. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> uh, what. The next thing would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. The next thing would be something like um, uh, price books. I have installers, technicians, helpers, everyone has the same price books. And, you know, sometimes the the installer goes out to do a repair for something he uh, he missed or to add on something and he doesn't know how to charge it. Again, the technician said, well, why doesn't he have my price book? Here's my price book. Take it. And we said, okay, that's a new thing to implement. Hey, you know, Chris mm-hmm. and Chris had a great idea. Let's implement a price book thing. So everyone has the same books. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's on the same um, idea. The installers, like I said, installers know what the technicians are doing. And that's because someone voiced their opinion and voiced a concern saying, you know, this technician's out there and he doesn't understand what mm-hmm. it takes to run a piece of duct. So we have to implement it. We have to implement a process for that. You know, and, and what the, what that also does for you, Armin, is it creates consistency. And and I say all the time, you want to kill your brand, you want to you want to tank your business, put out an inconsistent customer experience, an inconsistent message, an inconsistent service delivery. That will destroy a brand faster than anything else. And when you've got everybody, like you said, reading off the same page, following the same beat, you've got a consistent brand delivery, customer experience, and even within the organization, everybody's feeling kind of the same passion about the same organization, the same culture. I'll tell you what, for such a young guy, you've you've got a lot of great ideas. I mean, this is going to be a very, very awesome uh, uh, program for the for the contractors watching this. Let me ask you one more thing, if I. I can. I know you've been on a long time, and I'm so sorry I'm taking all this time from you, but it's invaluable. Uh, talk to us about your marketing efforts. Uh, you know, you're out there. You've got you know you've got people working day and night. You 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 know you got people answering the phone, and you're building your reputation through customer experience. But you must with to, to compete. You must be doing something. Uh, what are you doing in terms of marketing from traditional marketing, meaning like radio and TV or whatever, to uh, social media? Do you mind sharing that with us? Sure. Um, we've tried all types of marketing. And throughout the years, even with GTS Air, we, we dumped a ton of money into marketing. One shortfall was not tracking our marketing. We didn't track where our dollars were coming in from. Now, was it Yelp? Was it Angie's List? I have no idea. Um, again, for the start of this year, we started our advertising campaigns. And we looked at, we first, we came up with a budget. We said, this is how much we want to spend in the year. This is how much we have, um, this percentage, we can grow um, our budget by this percentage if we do X amount of work. Uh, we planned it all out. We built ourselves a roadmap. Then we started interviewing marketing companies. We went to probably 15 or 16 different marketing companies before we found the one that would fit our needs. A lot of these guys, so we were doing all the marketing in-house. We would make the, uh, we would manage our own Yelp page. We would manage our own Facebook page, our own Instagram. Social media became a big thing in the last few months, especially with COVID. People aren't out um, hanging out with their friends, so they're always online, trying to figure out, you know, what 
where did their friend uh, wear their mask at today or what's going on in politics? It's all in social media now. So we knew it was above our pay grade just because we failed to track it. Once we start tracking it, we realized we need someone else to do this. So we hired a company to do all of our online marketing. Um, it's been a journey for the past six months. They've been building it up, knocking it down, putting something new in. We're trying to find out what forms, uh, what will work in our market. Uh, traditional advertising has worked great. Um, one thing I did find out is people are throwing away our direct mailers. They don't want to, especially with uh, the COVID scare in California and Los Angeles, it's a big scare for people. They've been just grabbing that stack of papers with our direct mailer in there and tossing it away. Unless it was, it was a bill or something important, they didn't care for it. So we started sending out personalized letters. Well, how do you, first of all, how do you, how do you know they're throwing your mailers out? Oh, we, we follow up with people that we, certain customers that we've had, we've called them and said, Hey, we sent out a mailer. Did you see it? And they're like, no, I just throw all my mail away. We started asking them what happened. Why didn't you respond to our mailer? And wow. Um, you know, again, you don't ask, you don't get the information you need. Right. So, we found out that a lot of them were just throwing it away. And in my own household, my wife doesn't let me bring in the Amazon boxes. I have to open them up outside and take them, uh, take the whatever's inside the box and bring it in. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a serious situation out there. Yeah. So what we started doing is uh, personal branding on, on advertisements. So we'll actually do a letter addressed to a certain person. It will go to their house, we'll put a stamp on it. And it'll cost more to do stamps than to do bulk mailers, but it, it needed to be done. And we got a nice return on investment. Uh, the average is like one, one and a half percent on those things. And we're wow. right about 1.8 to 2% on a return on investment, um, uh, on a response rate. Sorry. A return on investment is great because now they have a company that they trust. They ask us, how did you get my information? That's another thing. We've only had one customer upset that we got their information online, but we're through the right channels, through right, asking, talking to the right people. We went to real estate agents and we asked them, "How do you under, how do you know who lives at this address?" And they told us how they find out their information. Hmm. So we took that and we implemented it into our own business. And you know, we just started doing personal advertisements. So you feel you feel out of all the all the different marketing efforts you're doing, you feel that that the personalized letter is probably working the best for you right now. So far, yeah, and we've dumped a bunch of money into uh, some of these review websites that you know we deal with. Mm -hmm. Everyone deals with Yelp. Everyone deals with Angie's List. Um, right. We've dumped tons of money into it, and we still do. But we know exactly what comes out of them. Yeah. Um, years ago, I, I contacted a, a company that's in San Diego. Um, we asked them to design a marketing package for us, and they came back with. Like forty six thousand dollars a month. A month? So there's no way in heck I'm gonna do this. Yeah, a month. <laughs> and I said, there's no way in heck I'm gonna. Do I'll do this. that for you for forty six thousand a month. I'll I'll do it what for you that? for forty thousand a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I said, what what the heck does this forty? What does this number come up to? Give me a breakdown. And a good chunk of that was uh, Google advertising, mm. Yelp. And the cost of pay-per-click and all that stuff. And I didn't I didn't understand it. I said, why would anyone spend so much money on it? 
So I went back to the people I knew and I asked them, I said, why would I spend $20,000 on Yelp? And they showed me, I called Yelp and I said, why would I spend so much money mm -hmm. with you guys? And they told me what the average spend was. And I realized if I want to be average, then I have to spend, let's say a thousand dollars a month. If I want to be above it, and if I want 900 customers a month, then I, I better spend for it. Mm. So we found out, we split our budget. We split our budget between the different types of advertising. Six months later, we looked at the numbers um, and we focused our the bare the, the the large portion of our budget to the ones that were working in the last six months. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's what we've been doing. Good thing you track. Good thing you tracked it. You know, there's an old <clears throat> there's an old saying. Excuse me, because uh, I used to be in advertising, and it, the saying goes, uh, "I know that half of my money is wasted on advertising. I just can't figure out which half." So you know, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, you know, one of the things, one of the kind of the gems I took out of what you just said about the marketing is this: uh, you you go out of your own industry. You went and talked to realtors, and you talk, you call Yelp directly, and you said, "Prove it to me." A lot of people will just take somebody's word for it, or they'll just kind of, you know, take a leap of faith, and they really don't understand what they're getting themselves into. So, what I take out of this is the fact that you did enough research, even going outside of your own industry, you don't just talk to other contractors. What works for you, you know? How do you find out who lives in these homes? You ask a realtor. Those are the types of things that are going to help any contractor figure out what's going to help them to become an effective marketer. Because you know what? At the end of the day, you're not a, you're not a contractor. You're not a mechanic. You're a retailer. You're a marketer. And you have to act that way and you have to believe that. You have to think like that. And the more you think like a retailer and the more you think like a marketing person, the better you're going to be at reaching the customer and serving the customer. So uh, everything that you said about the marketing is just spot on. Hey, Armin, um, I'm going to wrap this up unless you've got something you want to add to it. Send the other the other folks off with. Uh, do you have any more any more tidbits you'd like to share, or you, you you're good? You know, the one thing that's always got me through uh, this industry is uh, something. The person who hired me in this industry, his name is John, and uh, he hired me when he was a partner with another company. And uh, the one thing that he showed me was don't cut corners. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, and you'll prosper. And, you know, sometimes we, we get so cluttered around us, we, we got to get that job because, you know, I got to make rent. I got to pay my employees. I got to pay these bills. You know, I have to cut corners to meet ends meet. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, don't, don't do, do it. it. Just be honest with the work. Be honest. Don't lie, cheat, steal, and don't cut corners. And the work will come to you. People yeah. will talk about you. And people that's the best type of advertisement, right? Word of mouth costs you, know, you nothing. Exactly. And I will tell you, I will tell you that, and I'm going to end it with my little tidbit because you just reminded me of this. I wasn't even thinking about it. When I was younger, my father, uh, who has passed away years ago, but my father used to say to me when I was a kid, he says, Scott, he goes, you know who you are. And this is, I was probably about 15, 16 years old. He said, you know who you are and you know what you stand for. And he said, I'm going to tell you right now, as you get older, through school, through work and all these different things you go through, he said, you're going to be severely challenged and severely tempted many times throughout the course of your life. He said, but listen, he said, 
always follow your true north. Know who you are. And he said, and no matter what the temptation or the challenge is, no matter how good it feels at the moment to, to, to cave, he said, don't, because it'll come back to bite you. He said, you stay true to your compass. You stay true north and true to yourself. He said, no matter how much it hurts at the time, you'll always be better off in the end. And I think basically that's what you just said. My father said it using a compass because he was in the military. <laughs> you said it in a different way. But hey, Armin, stay right where you are because uh, I'm going to sign us off, but I want to come back to you. But thank you so much. Honest to God, this was much more enjoyable and much more insightful than I could have ever thought. And I really do appreciate you being with us. So thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Wow, once again, great information from a man who knows, right? Who's in the trenches of building his business, right? And great interview with Scott. Scott, we appreciate it so much. Armin, we appreciate that so much. Listen, if you're not already an EGIA Contract University member, I want you to click that button up above where it says join now. You'll get 30 days of free access to all the content, the entire university, give you a chance to dig in and see if it's a good fit for you and your company. Listen, that's our show for this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. But until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.